0: For, for anyone who is facing something impossible. Maybe you already have faced something impossible. Maybe you are facing something impossible. I have faced a lot of impossible things. Um, I have confronted sin in my life that seemed impossible to overcome. I have uh, dealt with relational fallout that I was confident was impossible to overcome. In fact, I was so confident I was ready to that means get away. I have faced financial situations that I thought were impossible. So if you're facing an impossible battle or an impossible enemy, if you're up against impossible odds, if you right now are sitting here this morning feeling like you are outgunned, you are overwhelmed, that you are doomed to lose, this morning's for you or if you're walking with someone who's in that position. This morning will help equip you. Remember what happened last week? Liberation. People didn't just walk out of Egypt, they were sent out of Egypt with the wealth of Egypt. So the people after 430 years, which is a while, left bondage, headed towards freedom, headed towards the land of promise. So this morning, uh, we're going to look at the story that's in Exodus 13 and 14, but there's some commentary. I'm so thankful every time that the, the, the narrative of scripture gives us some commentary because the commentary in the scripture is so insightful. A lot of times in the scripture, and I've said this before, something happens and we're supposed to make something out of what happened, we're supposed to understand what happened, but the story itself doesn't really tell us why it happened, and so we're left trying to sort through that, which is a great exercise, but when the the story itself kind of gives us some insight into why things are happening, I really value that because it helps me. So this is where our story starts. Now when Pharaoh, this is Exodus 13, 17, now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. because God said, the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Therefore, God led the people around by way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in battle formation from the land of Egypt. So, as they're exiting Egypt and they're headed east, promised land is east-northeast. And instead, they go south, southeast. God looked at the people and he said, you know what? after the frogs, after the bugs, after the darkness, after the plagues. These people do not yet possess a capacity and a courage to go right into facing the enemies that are in front of them. So, let's take a detour. So, this morning's message is also For those who are wondering, why am I facing this battle now, at this stage of my life? If you're over 30, have you ever wondered, like, why am I dealing with this at this later stage in my life? God says, no, they're not ready if we send them there. It might cause a problem. So I'm going to make four observations as we go through this story. I'm going to make them as we go through. The first one is, is that God graciously accommodated Israel's unpreparedness. So he they're, says, they're not brave. They're not good at fighting. They don't know how to go to war. They don't have the skills. They don't have the confidence. I'll tell you what, let's take a little bit of a detour. His concern for them is that they would see the battle in front of them, that they would lose heart, and that they would say, nope, I can't do that. Let's go back to Egypt. But I think it's a critical observation to note that God does not say, uh, we get to then skip those battles. He says, I'm going to delay those battles. They're not ready for them. Not that they're not going to have to fight them. They're going to have to fight them. And I'm going to try this morning not to get too far ahead of myself in the story because I keep wanting to give stuff away. But it's in the Bible, so I guess you could read it and figure out how it goes, right? So he says, uh, not that that you're never going to have to fight these battles. You're going to have to eventually face these things, but you're clearly not equipped for that. And if I were to send you into these battles, it would have such a demoralizing effect on your very small little sprout of faith that you would, you would, you would bail. You would say, oh, no, I can't do it. So God graciously accommodates Israel's unpreparedness. He says, hey, let's go this way. Let's go down to the Red Sea. But the question is, what does God think is going to happen between now and later when they will be ready? Something's going to happen, right? Something's going to get them ready for these battles that they're not ready to fight. Exodus 14, verse 4. I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he's going to chase after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And verse 9, and the Egyptians chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them camping by the sea. So what happened was, uh, it says in the story, it says that Pharaoh realized that he had just forfeited uh, a, a a slave force of 600,000 able bodied men plus. Also, what's going on is that God has done something in Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh has essentially lost his mind. He says, we must now go and stop them from leaving. And so Pharaoh, it says that he, he rousted his personal army of chariots, which was 600 chariots, plus his entire army. Now keep in mind, Egypt is the lone superpower of the day. So it's the largest army on earth is now pursuing this unarmed, unequipped, inexperienced group of Israelites. And do you notice what God did? Let's not go to the land of Philistines because in the land of the Philistines, they'll see that there's battles that they're not ready to fight and they might get discouraged. Let's wedge them against the Red Sea where they have nowhere to go with Egypt hot on their tail How is that a better scenario? My second observation, God set up a showdown that only he could win. See, after all the plagues of Egypt and taking the people out of bondage into freedom, God says, I'm not quite done revealing the extent of my power and the breadth of my love for you. God set up a showdown only he could win. Says to his people, I'm going to give you a front row seat. You're going to see with your own eyes what I'm capable of, my capacity. I'm going to do what you cannot do. I actually see this frequently in the life of a believer that in the early stages of faith they're so inept, so immature, so ill-equipped. And immediately they face enemies where God says, "No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this by my power." And God steps in, and I've, again, I've seen this a thousand times. God steps in and miraculously delivers someone from from some some enemy or battle that they've been facing right by his power by his might not because there's not future battles that they're going to have to fight but because god on the onset is making it clear and he does this to the next generation i don't know if you remember this but with this generation he says i want to make it clear what i'm capable of before you go to fight the battles that are in front of you. You realize he does this again to the next generation. So again, giving away the story, this generation would die in the wilderness for their lack of faith, and then another generation would rise up. And that generation, in coming into the land, their first battle is the Battle of Jericho. And what happens? God says, let me show you what I can do, right, lest you trust in your own ability. So God sets up a showdown. He wedges these people up against an ocean that they can't get across, right? There's nowhere to escape. They're locked in. Now the Egyptian army is hot on their tail, and he says, I'm going to prove my power and my care and concern for the Israelites. I've set this up exactly according to my plan. And the Israelites did not read the situation that way. And they said to Moses, (laughs) is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. What a bunch of whiners. (laughs) The people believed that Moses had set up a showdown that they could only lose. There's a couple of observations I wanna make here, just a couple of like addendum things. Number one, they've only considered the possibility that they're doomed. That's the only option. We're doomed. That's the end of the story. This is not going to go well. They've decided that, right? Based on their situation. Number two, they find a, a cause for their situation. They point to Moses and they say, you... You brought us into this situation, so you're responsible. This is what happens, right? When we're up against impossible odds, and when we're facing an enemy, when we're facing a battle, first we decide that this is not—we're not going to—we're not going to come out alive. And then, second, we look around and say, "And who's to blame? Who got us into this mess?" Right? And then, third they remind moses of what they said before all of the plagues remember when 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 pharaoh cracked down on them they said remember we asked you to leave us alone and leave us in egypt what they're proving is exactly what i feel i like to give intellectual agreement to my absolute dependence upon god but i do not like to feel my absolute dependence upon God, right? I get in this situation where I'm up against the Red Sea with, with Egypt hot on my tail, and I go, I do not like this one bit. This is going to end poorly. I should have never gone down this road. And you watch as people of faith who come up against what seems like an impossible enemy or an impossible battle, and immediately they go, this was a terrible idea following God and choosing to follow him was a mistake. I'm out, can't do it, it's too risky. The people believed that Moses had set up a showdown that they could only lose. Verse 13, Moses said to the people, do not fear Although I think he probably said it louder than that. (laughs) Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again. And the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Which I almost take as Moses saying, the Lord's gonna fight and also you should be quiet. (laughs) So God says to Moses, I'm gonna prove my power to the Egyptians. So as the people are leaving Egypt, as they head out again towards the Red Sea, um, God revealed himself in a way then that then was consistent throughout their time in the wilderness. And that was that uh, God appeared, his presence appeared in the form of a, a pillar of smoke or a cloud during the daytime and then as a pillar of fire by night. And it says that as the people were wedged up against the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is coming towards them, it says that that cloud moved around uh, behind their camp between them and the Egyptians. And the Egyptian army arrived to their location in the evening, and it says that that cloud prevented them from closing the distance through the night, that first night. The next morning, Moses stands up before the ocean that's in front of them and God parts the sea and makes a pathway of dry land through the ocean, it says that there was a wall of water on either side and yet the people walked through on dry ground. And as the pillar of smoke was lifted, again, the Egyptian army... Uh, uh, as a vessel for God to demonstrate his power, the Egyptian army consumed by their just insane uh, anger, follow the Israelites into the Red Sea and says that as they follow them into the Red Sea between the walls of water on dry ground, it says that God confused the chariots and the wheels started to slip and the chariots begin to swerve and quickly the Egyptians realize which I mean come on guys like wake up they realize there's more going on here than what meets the eye right and the Israelites watch the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob bury the entire Egyptian army in the sea, never to be seen again, never to represent a threat again, gone forever. When the Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. final observation God wins what are you up against that is impossible what is it that you're up against that has you feeling outgunned and overwhelmed and Regretting your decision to say yes? Look at the situation. God's timing was perfect, His plan was perfect, His execution was perfect. His intentions were good and gracious. They were at the Red Sea because of his good and gracious purposes in their lives. His patience with them as they whine and moan is above and beyond, and his power is displayed for them in a way that builds their faith and confidence in him. god rescued the people from a battle they believed they couldn't win which was the philistines he says they're going to go there they're going to think they can't win he rescued them from a battle that they believed they couldn't win to a battle that they knew they couldn't win and god knew they couldn't win so that god could display his power and his people would gain a confidence and a courage that with God what is not possible? Have you considered that in your current struggle, in your current challenge, in whatever it is that you're facing that seems impossible, have you considered the likelihood that it is exactly the impossibility of your situation that will prove God's power over your situation and maybe maybe you should consider an approach other than whining, complaining wishing for your old life back and blaming the people around you God says that's going to be a tough one let's do an impossible one first Let's bring you to the absolute outer limits and then beyond of your own ability, your own capacity, your own experience, what your wisdom can even do for you so that you will behold the power of God on your behalf, fighting for you. Paul, a couple thousand years later, brings this up in 1 Corinthians 10. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our fathers were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And that's a whole nother teaching that I'm not going to get into this morning, baptism. But then Paul says this about this story in verse 11, he says, these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction, upon whom the end of the ages have come. Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands watch out that he does not fall. Meaning, therefore, the one who thinks, yeah, I've got it figured out. I've, I have the capacity. I have the power. Careful. It's not up to you. But number two, he says this understand that no temptation now it's it's important to 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 read this a temptation in the scripture in this context is the same as a trial or a test it's something that 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 makes you want to abandon faith or question your faith no temptation has overtaken you except something that is common to mankind and god is faithful He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He will not take you directly into Canaan. He will not throw you in with the Philistines. He will take you to the Red Sea, and with the test, he will make a way of escape. He will part the waters for you. So that you can endure. it's unfortunate this passage has kind of fallen out of favor and I think it's fallen out of favor because it's used dismissively right someone says man I've really got a big challenge and someone else says well you know God won't give you anything you can't handle see you Tuesday but God won't give you something that with his power and his might you cannot navigate he doesn't say that the battle that you are facing won't feel like something that you can't handle he doesn't say it won't be a battle that you feel like you're not ready to handle he doesn't even say that you won't face battles that you don't want to handle But if you believe that the battle that you're currently facing, whatever it is, whatever the enemy is, whatever the battle is, if you believe it is one that God cannot handle, then your God is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says, I brought you to this place to teach you about me. That's the lesson. Teach you about me. Whatever it is you're up against, God has brought you to this place to teach you about Him. That's the lesson. Deuteronomy 31 6 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or in dread of them. For your God is the one who is going with you, and here's the deal. He will not desert you. He will not abandon you. And I'll be honest, the longer I live, the more I realize that's a kindness that I don't deserve. Now I brought you here And I'm not going to leave you here. I'm going to make a way through. And you will see my power at work, and your faith will be built up. If you're here this morning, and you face an impossible enemy, an impossible battle, you feel like you're outgunned and overwhelmed, and the odds are stacked against you, He will be faithful. He will fight for you. Reach out to him. God, would you give us that grace to reach out to you, to cling to you, to hold on to you. I pray that we would not grow fearful when we Feel the reality of our complete and total dependence upon you? Would we not despair when we come to the end of our own capacity, our own abilities, and face an insurmountable enemy? God, give each person here the grace to cling to you and you alone as our only hope, as our only uh, way forward. And not just to cling, but to cling with expectation, with anticipation, full of hope, expecting to see your power displayed. Give us that kind of faith. Teach us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.